One of our foundational teachings within Disciple Nations is the idea that we are sons and not slaves. Music's happening. Like Seinfeld music? Yeah, exactly. You can be Kramer. <laughs> to the Disciple Nations podcast. We're here today with me, Jason, and Sam McVeigh. Hello. And we've got Nasser back for round yes, two. round Yay. two. Yeah, we're excited. We spent some time last episode diving into how to relate to the Bible and got encouraged in reading, listening, uh, allowing the Spirit to teach us and show us and, and really dive into the scriptures that the ultimate goal is to point us to Christ. Mm, yes. That is always, always the goal is to be pointed to, into deeper, intimate relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so today we are going to be talking about a topic that for me, it sadly isn't something that I even really th- thought about or had been taught my entire Christian life. So from the womb to the pew, <laughs> saved at 14, right? Never heard that before. Saved, yeah. saved at 14, um, Moved here in ministry for years, and it wasn't about a year and a half ago that um, somebody started speaking into my life concerning living as a son mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And so very near and dear topic to me. I'm excited um, to hear more about what you guys have to say about it. But this is a, certainly a foundational teaching in the Disciple Nation's uh, family or tribe. Yes, it is. We lean very heavily on the spirit of sonship. So right. get us get us rolling. Well, I think um, the, a way to set this up is that we obviously are jealous for and love the gospel of grace as the entry point to salvation. Yes. Um, we are f- reformed in that sense. Uh, it is not by works, it's by grace and all that Jesus did on the cross. So being born again, entry into the kingdom is, is huge. But after you get born again, you're not just hanging on and waiting to go to heaven. There is another battle that is uh, many battles, but there is a battle at a core level about identity that is essential. This is why Paul's most used phrase in the New Testament is in Christ. In various prepositional ways, he'll say, in Christ, in Christ, over 200 times. And so he's talking about this issue of identity. And when he does that, what will lift up in his apostolic revelation is a uh, a, a, a dichotomy, a difference between what is sl- what he'll call slavery and and sonship, and we want to unpack and talk about that because getting that revelation, maturing in that revelation, we really believe is the difference between living a fruitful. Christian life with him vertically, a fruitful relationship with him, not filled with shame, not filled with work obligation. Sonship is, 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 is imperative to be able to fully come before our father and to also minister and to live in the grace of God. So let me, let me take a moment and read where Paul is talking about this in Romans chapter eight. He will uh, talk about this in his uh, defense of the gospel in verse 14. It says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption uh, to sonship. There's that phrase. And by him, we cry, 
Abba Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit, the capital S Spirit, the personal Holy Spirit, it testifies with our spirit, that little lowercase there, that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. So let's lay a little bit of foundation, and I feel like we did this in a past episode, and I just kind of asked, well, is this a problem? Like, let's talk about the, mm-hmm. it essentially, um, spiritual orphans yes. and how we see that, maybe why we see that. And then we'll obviously remedy to that with Christ. That's good. That's yeah. good. Great. Yeah. So e- epidemic problem, uh, main mission, one of the main missions of the enemy problem Yes, is to twist because obviously Israel and Adam, I think is called a son of God. This concept is in the old Testament. Absolutely. God's people are sons and not slaves. In fact, when they're in slavery in Egypt, which is a great metaphor, he's got to get them out. This is not your destiny. Yes. <laughs> You're to rule and reign in my promised land, fruitful as my sons. Right. So when we come into the faith, uh, many of us are still living as slaves and not sons, slaves under law, slaves under all kinds of religious spirit kind of stuff. So major epidemic problem that keeps us from the inheritance. Slaves don't inherit. Sons do. And I would assume with your role, Sam, to the body, spiritual yeah. father, spiritual grandfather, what you're doing in the city, stirring up prayer, meeting with different guys, you probably come across this often. Massively with shepherds, leaders, operating sincere sincerity does not put you in sonship sincere you can be a sincere slave and so i talk about this a lot when i'm talking about with leaders and with what we're proclaiming nasser does this around the world in training sessions don't yes, you you and it will be a bit of a foreign concept to mature missionaries at right. times and, and the reason you know it is a foundational thing i think for a believer in their in their growth in their uh drawing closer to Christ, right? Because a slave is limited in his, his capacity to have intimacy, you know, with the master, right? But a son isn't, isn't restricted and how much he can love his father, how they can grow close together and all of that. And so that, that's a big thing. And then the other side of it is often when I'm, you know, uh, equipping and ministering other parts of the world, I'm, I'm doing it in countries where Christianity is, is by far a minority voice in that nation. We're talking places where it's less than 1%. Mm. Um, or uh, maybe even less than half a percent born again believers. And so they're surrounded by a culture that, that often, you know, is, is, uh, Islamic, but, but not always. And in, within that culture, the, the idea that human beings are created to be slaves of God or slaves of gods is, 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 just woven throughout the whole fabric of their society. Mm -hmm. And so what does it look like then, um, one, to be a Christian growing up in that culture that's so pervasively slave mentality, and then two, if you don't know that that's not the identity that Christ has given us in him, how can you present the what I think is the the great great news that there's a better identity not just for you but for the people in your community and in your nation that God has actually made available to you that you don't have to be a slave any longer right that you can be adopted as as a child of God yeah I think that um there's there's a prophetic anointing and I think maybe you said this or somebody said this that 
that song, no longer a slave to yes. sin. I'm a child of God. Like that is kind of like an anthem right now. It is. That's resounding throughout the church because the father's calling people into sonship. I promise you too. There's more songs coming. Yeah. Yes. And there's I, more teaching. Because the, the Jesus is jealous. The father's mm-hmm. jealous for that's this. That's good. And I think we can fall into the trap and I've done this is even, especially as a, as a younger um, believer, but then even later in my maturity, it's, I just, I just want to serve the Lord, man. I just want to serve yes. the Lord. I just want to serve the Lord. God, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. I want to serve. And that's good intentioned. But also if our primary focus isn't intimacy with the father as a son, yes. well then we've, that's right. we've gotten out of line So it, in a sense. Right? So before we unpack this in scriptures, I want to say just a couple of things and you can add to this, but by slavery, we mean a law centered work performance based relationship yes. that is identified largely by fear, mm-hmm. shame, condemnation. If you're a little bit successful pride, but mostly we're all failing yeah. and it's, it's, it's rooted in that. And it's a shame based fear based thing. Sonship is based in the grace of God, the accomplishment of all that's done in Christ and is identified by a sense of confidence, privilege, intimacy. God likes me, loves me, wants mm-hmm. me, <laughs> right. even when I'm struggling. It's not perfection. Right. And freedom. 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 Great. And so that is the inheritance of every believer. Amen. But there's a war over this issue that we're talking about right now. Right. And so Paul will talk about that as in Romans where he's talking about that spirit. He will say, it's not just a mentality I need you to get. The Holy Spirit inside you. Would you agree with this? The Holy Spirit inside you is a spirit of sonship. Right. He's trying to birth forth sonship inside you to where you cry out, Abba, Father. Exactly. And so we, we've got multiple places where Paul will talk about this. One of the great scenarios he'll lift up out of the Old Testament is this difference between Ishmael and Isaac. And I think the roots of that are so powerful. So the book of Galatians, as he's writing to make his appeal, a passionate appeal to a people who had entered by grace. This is such what we talked about at the beginning. They entered the the faith and became believers by the grace of Jesus Christ. He preached the gospel. I think some think there was maybe four churches. It was a region, really, Galatia. And so it's multiple congregation or house churches that are getting this. And he has seen them, yeah, they come in. When he brought in, there was great impact with the gospel, miracles, signs, wonders, and coming into salvation. Then he leaves, and then some others slip in called... Judaizers is a, is a simplification of that, which we're preaching Jesus and is the simple way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's Jesus. We're okay if you want to say he's the Messiah and you can trust in him, but you need to add circumcision, holy days, blah, blah, blah. It's Jesus and, okay? And so he has heard about that and we'll use phrases like in Galatians 3, 1, who has bewitched you? Who has put you under a spell? I'd like to learn one thing from you. Did you enter in by faith or by your works? Right. And he will really not, and I think you made a great distinction when we were talking, Nasser. It's not just the difference between grace and law, because law actually under grace will be fulfilled in us, the righteous standard. It's grace and works. Yes. It's a works mentality. And so that's essential. And I want to make that point because then Paul in Galatians four will, and let me read in one, what am I, what I'm saying is this, as long as the heir is under age, he's of no difference 
uh, from a slave, for he owns uh, the whole estate. The heir, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when you were under age, you were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. And that, that, that means the don't taste, don't touch, don't, okay, the do's and the don'ts, thou shalt, thou shalt not. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery, talking to Jews and what was Judaism, I believe, under the elemental spiritual force. Okay, so when we are set, when a set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, which is interesting to me, not just under sin. They were under the law that we might receive the adoption to sonship. And when he's saying this again, Jews and Gentiles, I think are reading this, right? Oh yeah. And he's saying to the Jews, you've forever been, you didn't have the adoption of sonship. You, you were under the law because you are his sons, believers, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father, just increased double portion intimacy kind of. So you are no longer a slave, there's your song, but God's child, and since you are his child, God has made you also an heir, an an heir. Yes. H-E-I-R. So he is making that distinction clearly, isn't he, between what is slave and son linked to what is under law, what is under the, I put a demand on you. Yes. Let's see how you do, which Paul will reveal in Romans five was the law wasn't given to save anybody. It was given to increase that sin might increase. Yeah. So let me ask a quick question and maybe you can expound on it and then get back to this. I feel like it feeds in, but so Jesus, when the disciples ask him to pray, he says, pray like this, our father, Lord in heaven. And so this would have been revolutionary. Am I correct? in the way that he addressed, I think it was a invitation to a very intimate place that might've been foreign to them. Do you? Yeah. Because we have the Jewish people are awesome because they wrote down everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they were really good at, at transmitting that information from one generation to the other. So we have, you know, thousands of years old, you know, Jewish prayers and things like that. And the idea, um, you know, they weren't being taught in the synagogue to, to, for um, our father to be the first words when now they might address God as a father yeah. in the context of the further concept okay. of prayer, but okay. that's be the go-to usually, um, you know, the, the go-to phrase you call out is, you know, um, Elohim, you know, Adonai, you know, he is the, the kind God of, of God, the Lord of Lords. Title yeah, kind of thing. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus would then start to tear down a wall and, really is. and introduce yeah. a new concept. That's right. Not right. to say first things out of your mouth, Abba, when you're talking to yeah. God Almighty. Yeah. That, that is, that's a big deal. Yeah. Abba meaning. Right. Papa. Yeah. Papa. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So very, not just casual, but intimate maybe very is more intimate. the point we'd want to yes. say. Yes. Yeah. And Jesus is bringing that about. So the, the, we skip on in four and let me just set the stage here and then we'll talk about this. Tell me in verse 21 of chapter four, tell me you who want to be under the law, are you not aware what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. The slave woman would be Hagar. Hagar or Hajar. Yep. And the free woman is going to be Sarah. Yep. His son by the, Sarah. S- Sarah. <laughs> His son by the slave woman 
was born according to the flesh. And there we got a key. But his son born by the free woman was born as a result of the divine promise. These things, and here's a hermeneutic, can be taken um, figuratively. Is that what it says? These things can be taken figuratively. The The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai, where Moses got the law, and bears children who are to be slaves. It would have been offensive to you as a Jew. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai um, in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem <laughs> because she, I mean, can That's you imagine <laughs> the rage that Jews would have had? Because he's basically saying, we don't have to, we can see it actually in Jerusalem yeah, exactly. later true. on. In, That's right. In That's right. <laughs> but you're Hagar and you're the result of effort to mm-hmm. fulfill the promise of God. Right. Right. So, Verse 25, now Hagar stands, oh, let's see, now, now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is from above is free and she is our mother. For it is written out of Isaiah 54, be glad, O barren woman, you who never bore child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who never were in labor because more of the children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband. Now, you, brothers and sisters, you believers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the spirit. It is the same now, but what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman, Hagar, and her son, Ishmael, for the slave woman's son, here it is, will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we're not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Right. So we see Paul take what was top of the list familiar to them mm-hmm. if you will abraham and his two children and just talking about what those are he will identify ishmael as the slave son from the slave woman do we all remember where she was from egypt yes he had got egypt he had got hagar and we see her in genesis 16 more clearly where he lay with her and here comes ishmael but right. we picked her up probably back in genesis 12 right a famine hit the land. Abram left his father's land and got into the position in the land. He's moving around in there, enjoying God saying, I've given you this. He's mm-hmm. worshiping. And then what happens? A famine. A famine hits that takes Abram beyond his ability to provide for himself. He radically needs God. And it's preaching. This is preaching. And he's got the, fam- the famine in the flesh is there, and he needs God. What we'll know, by the way, hundreds of years later is that God can rain down bread from heaven and feed a few million people. Sure. But Abraham's there with his little company, freaks out and goes down to Egypt to what will represent in the scriptures, not only slavery, but the flesh. Yes. I will lean on the flesh to provide for myself. He goes down, says about Sarah, what? Tell them. She's my sister. (laughs) Tell me you're my sister because you're a hottie at 65 and, and, yeah. and, and they're going to take, they're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leverage my natural resource to feed and fulfill what God has promised to do for me. Doesn't he do it twice? Oh yes. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. does it again. And Isaac tries to do it. He did it in Canaan and, a little bit and then he yeah. did it in Egypt also. So he gets down there. She's hot. She's taken to the harem. You can do what you want with that. I think that means, it, yeah. Anyway, she's taken into the harem and Abram begins to prosper. All that God had promised, a portion of what God promised him begins to happen for him by him moving out of position where God told him to be and by him using his own beauty, the beauty of his wife, the natural resource. 
And so we have this parallel that's happening mm -hmm. here of Abram fulfilling the promise. It happened before Hagar Ishmael. This was happening in Abram's heart. Mm -hmm. And he goes into Egypt, he's prospered, prospered, and we get the cliff notes on the book of wow. Exodus because basically God comes and starts putting plagues on Egypt, it says, mm -hmm. and they're delivered out of that. She's your, your wife, you know, and they, they send him out. Yeah. But he leaves with cattle and donkeys, mm -hmm. men servants and- Maid servants. Maid servants. And he got what we call the Hagar bug. He got her about yeah well, year ten years before they ever did what they did, right. and so he did it. Though I want to say the roots of it was him working in human effort to fulfill what God said He would do for him. Yes, mm. Mm. we never do that. Famine comes, and when we get in position. And then we feel like we got to come out and the devil helps us. You need to fulfill what God promised for you. And when we do it, we get infected with this thing. So the time goes on, 10 years go, oh my gosh, no kid with, it wasn't like a foray into an adulterous affair. It's, it's Sarah and Abram conspiring to use now another resource to fulfill the promise of God. We don't have a kid. He's going to come from your body. Bam. He lay with Hagar. Here comes Ishmael. Ishmael, he raises him, I think, to almost 15. Yeah thinks he's the one. Yes. And then the Lord goes, he's not the one. <laughs> right. Sarah's jealous. Sarah's jealous that the names are changed. All the stuff happens. They, they, anyway, they send them away. And that's the illustration Paul uses. Mm -hmm. Send away that woman. Sarah wants to send her away. Go ahead and do that. And then it happens at 99 and 89 become yeah. a, a name change, circumcision, a 190 year old man and woman have Isaac by the power of God had to be, okay? Right, right. And so you've got the son of the promise that came when he was in famine in his body. Mm. He had a famine in his, okay? Then he's got a famine in his body and mm -hmm. he can't fulfill the promise of God, which is where we are. All men are lost and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no hope in us. Right. Thus God has come. So there it is for salvation, but there it is for our life. Mm -hmm. As we came to know him as Lord, so we're to continue on in him. Paul's laying out in a believer's life, this is going to happen again. It's going to happen like it happened for Abraham. I've promised you a lot of stuff in salvation, the Messiah and all that is and the things that I'm writing. Now you're trying to attain them. Miracles and the fruitful life by your own effort. I'm just completely shocked by you. They clearly were doing it through some Judaizing, right? Some, sure. some Judaism. But they're doing the effort of trying to fulfill what only the grace of God and promise can do. Right. And I do all that to bring us to the headwaters of this issue Absolutely. of where this came from and what's happening in everybody's life at this table and everyone that's listening right. <laughs> is having this fork in the road. Am I going to go the way of human effort and Ishmael and slavery? Or am I going to go the way of trust and be a child of promise walking right. in inheritance right. and freedom? this important yeah. for the same reason for why you know we there's so many layers to this story and you know the, the compassionate part of you will say well well that's kind of mean god you know what what did hagar ever do right to ask for any of this yeah. what did her son ever do to ask for any of this and they get sent away and, and all of that and and you know i think when you read the the text in genesis I think it's really clear that that they were sent away, but God didn't leave them. God God took care of her. God took care of they her. Son. They become a great a nation, don't they, Nasser? A wonderful nation with <laughs> beautiful people and and all of that. 
But but the point of the of the of what and I think the reason why Paul brings it up here to the Galatians is is God had a purpose in mind for this son. It wasn't just oh Abram. I feel bad you don't have any kids. I'm going to give you a kid. No. That yeah. wasn't the point. Yes. The point was God had a, had a purpose and a mission to reveal himself um, in a new way to humanity and to bring about a, a promise and a blessing that was going to reconcile all the nations yes. of the earth through this lineage of Abraham. And he and, and a lot of that involves God partnering with man, which is an unbelievable Amazing. idea, right. right? But but God was was very clear from the get-go with Abraham. Look, I've made these promises, but I'm not going to partner with you in any way that leads you to think that that your human efforting can contribute yes. to what I'm about to do. Yes. And I think that's what Paul is drawing out for the 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 Christians in Galatia is that if you guys start leaning on on fleshy works, which circumcision yeah. Was, was one of the bigger ones and there you know, how much more of yeah. a, of a obvious you yes, know, metaphor metaphor yeah. for fleshy works. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. If you're going to lean on that, you can't expect the reign and rule of Christ yes. and the fulfillment of his promises and blessings through now the vehicle of his church to come and do what only God can do while you're still a mixture of your efforting with God's effort. We've got to surrender and have it be all God's effort if we want the promises to be fulfilled in and through us Amen. as the reign and rule of Christ are covering this earth. And I think that's why this teaching is so significant mm. because I think there's a lot of people in the church with sincerity and with human effort and then frustrating frustrated because why isn't God showing up in this? Yes. And God's like, I want to show up, right. but you got to get rid of the slave woman and her son That's right. from mm. this ministry, whatever That's that, right. that metaphorically represents wow. in your ministry so that I can be free to come in and do what only I can do because I'm not willing to have your effort be mixed in with what only I can do. That's right. really good. And Sam, that reminds me of your testimony just as a church planner, a pastor, eager, wanting to serve the Lord. And then he just shows up and says, you're creating Ishmael. Yeah, at 30. Yeah, this this passage is very personal to me. You're making Ishmael. I want Isaac. And I knew my Bible enough to know. Oh, no. Doesn't mean I'm not sincere, right. passionate, character problems and all. He loved me. It was very, mm -hmm. but it was like, you're doing by human effort what I'm the only, I, what only I am supposed to do. So yeah. I took very serious. I will build my church. So I stopped building churches at 30 right. <laughs> and started making disciples mm -hmm. and equipping things and letting him do that. And, and so, but it was an insidious thing, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a quick thing. I think about how the line, and this is so important why we got to spend time on it because I bet you anything that Ishmael and Isaac looked a ton alike. Oh, they yeah. got the right. same daddy right. yep. mm -hmm. from the middle, they look, but they're not alike. One is the result of the effort of the daddy to fulfill the promise of God. One is the result of a daddy nearly dead who has the power of God empower him and produces him. One is carrying forth a nation that's going to be a wild donkey that kicks against the nations, right? And one is carrying the Christ, <laughs> not just Jewish ones carrying the D the Christ is going to come through the Isaac line, right. mm -hmm. which is what you just were making that point. That's right. the powerful thing. Yeah. Christ is in the middle of what's Isaac, what's freedom. Christ is not in the middle. What's Ishmael. Ishmael can come into praise God. The yes. nations are coming into Christ, but 
in God's order where he's bringing forth Christ is in a culture and context of weakness where we radically trust in the grace of God. The famine was a gift to Abram. It was a gift for him to let go of what was in that garden. I mean, what he did was the same thing Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve did. After they fell, they're noticed they're naked. The first thing they do is after the shame, we go to work. We'll right, make fig right, leaves. Right. We'll cover us. And the Lord's like, no, nope. animal skins, mm-hmm, bloodshed. Mm-hmm. I cover you. You don't cover you. Right. It's the same impulse that's in human beings. Absolutely. And the pattern continues exactly. again and again over and, and over again through and again. Your yeah. And it's happening in believers' life. We get saved by the grace of God. You didn't get saved unless you went, I can't save myself. <laughs> right. Right. I can't do it. I can't do yeah. it. You went desperately all you did. And then we get up and go to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. So um, in dealing with, so we established earlier that oftentimes you come across pastors, believers, you know, and people with great intentions who are still kind of functioning under this spirit of slavery. And so the Lord radically intervened in your life and said, you have done this in listening to the, the story of Moses or it's not Moses, excuse me, Abraham, the Lord intervenes and speaks to him and says, you this isn't the one, right. there's one to come. Yep. So obviously there's a supernatural intervention that has to happen to help, um, transfer us yes. and move us, deliver us, if right. you will, from Egypt into the promised land. Right. Yeah, that's right. So tell me then a little bit about how you would walk through someone and help them make that transition or whatever it is. Like you, if I meet with you and say, man, Jason, I just hear what you're saying. And it seems as though like you're functioning out of slavery, but you should be functioning as a son. How do you encourage and monish and teach into that? That's a great question. I just kind of want to say the big concepts. I didn't want you to make it practical. But anyway, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's great. I think that I start challenging around. So if it's a life in God or a ministry mm-hmm. for God, same thing to me, okay? Right. This concept. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I start to ask questions around this. As you, at the headwaters of your motivation and manifestation of your work, are you trusting in all the resource that's in Christ? Or are you trying with all the resource that's in you? Mm-hmm. That makes a delineation between what I'll use in the world and it. Okay. So some church movements who are deeply sincere are using everything beautiful they can to prosper the kingdom of God. Yes. Beauty, entertainment. It feels good to come in. Uh, they, how I want is I just want some honest thinking. I've done this with a brother one night. You use the fog machine, you do the deal. Okay, great. It's fine. I'm not anti-fog. Fog. I'm just, I want to know. <laughs> right. What's your level of, will you have the discussion of what's your level of faith of that producing what Christ wants to produce on the earth? Does that make sense? Yes. So the beauty, he's using his wife's beauty to go down. I just, I, I'll tell the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Lay it out and go... No legalism here. You've got some free. There's nothing that says thou shalt not use fog machines. I don't know why I'm picking that. So I don't Cue care what it is. the glory of the Lord is what yeah, I say exactly. when the fog machine starts going. So I'm, I'm not saying that. It's not prohibited, but I need to know right. at the headwaters of your faith, are you trusting in the spirit and all that is Christ uh, in your battle with lust? In your battle with wanting to read the Bible we talked about earlier, are you, tr- at the, are you trying more? Are you trusting more? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is it built on a demand that's on you or is it built on and the grace and all the demand that he's met that I'm now receiving it by its, by its power? 
Right. And so in having these conversations and so obviously there's some like some victory you've seen happen in people. What is yes. that like for, for people? I mean, how do they come out on the other side? Yeah. Well, I mean, I see more fruitful because they get set free. They think their problem is the funky thing they're doing. Let's talk about holiness. They right. think their problem is that they're manifesting lust or pride or greed. I'm like, no, that's the fruit on the tree problem. <laughs> the problem is your source. Source and position is the pro- main problem for the believer, for the minister. Where are you sourcing from? It was the main issue for Adam and Eve. Are you sourcing from the tree of life or for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Are you declaring independence? Are you dependent? Even if it's good unto God. And so I've seen people be set free at the source level that then manifest, and it's a process. It doesn't fix overnight. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they begin yeah. to battle by grace. They begin to battle by the Holy Spirit and think, fruit instead of thinking works. And so I see shackles come off them. I've seen ministers, yeah, do different things and go, yeah, and we're not going to do that anymore. I can't do, I can't do that anymore. We're, we got a team that's just min- uh, joined us now. And they're like, they're, they're done with the attractional kind of whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? I right. just said a word there, sure. but I, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like, I mean, I'm going to equip the saints by the power of the spirit and trust the Lord to build his kingdom. Mm. Yeah. Amen. And so, um, One of you guys, maybe Nasser, give me some statements like speaking truth over a believer as a son. You are Mm. this just. Mm. Yeah. So when it comes to that, I I always uh, just flip right after uh, Galatians as this. This is a great letter um, from Paul Ephesians. And I love the. Paul has one of the longest, I think, run-on sentences yes. in all of his writings That's going right. on come on, come in, on, come on. In, uh, in chapter one about the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And one of the exercises, when I see someone that's, that's struggling with under condemnation, struggling with uh, their identity, and, and they've, they've taken in, they've sourced from the world, they've sourced from the flesh, they've sourced from all the negative words they've had spoken over their lives, mm-hmm. their whole life, I say that the, the best antidote from that is, is to actually hear the truth spoken over you. And why don't you speak it out, in fact, yourself. Yes. And I'll encourage people to, to pray this passage back to God. And, and actually all the places where, where Paul will say you, I'll encourage them to put your name in there right. because yeah. this is, is speaking about you. You, you know, Jason, chosen before the foundation of the world, mm, yeah. accepted in the beloved, mm. you know, and, and, and to, to pray that and to, to receive it and to speak it truth over your life is super, super powerful. And yeah. I think that, that these scriptures are, are many, many things, but, but one of them is a, they're a spiritual weapon for us. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, later in, in Ephesians, when Paul starts talking about spiritual warfare mm-hmm. to the churches around Ephesus and and, you know, we see in Acts that the amount of witchcraft and sorcery that was going on there, I'm pretty sure that they had some pretty intense um, spiritual warfare encounters in those yep. in those churches around that around that city. And, you know, he, he talks about the armor, but he also talks about weapons that we are given. Mm. And and one of those weapons is, is the word of God. And yeah. I think right. that, that, and I also think that prayer is the other side of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's when he, and he says, and praying without ceasing. Yes. I think that's part of that weapon that yeah. we're given is connected. And, sort of and I think that's why we have so much warfare yep. around our prayer life. Yep. And the, and the, the, the time that we spend in engaging with this Bible is because the, the enemy wants to, you know, take away our weapons. Absolutely. <laughs> because they're, they are so devastating to his, his schemes right. and to his kingdom. divine power to demolish strongholds. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and what he's saying, I think is so important because, um, 
there's a revelatory thing that happens. You could get the revelation, Mm -hmm. but even though you get the revelation, there's still a habitual culture of thinking in our hearts and feeling in our emotions that we've got to retrain. So what you just gave us was some practical deal. Get the revelation. Yes. But know that your default probably still is to go back to slavery. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You still default there without your subconscious default is that. And so you've got to retrain and that's why community that has sonship is so important. And, And you, and you talk about like, the, the biggest S in our life isn't sin, but it's self. Yes. And so becoming or continually falling back into self-reliance. That's right. That's and, right. Yeah. It's a worship. The enemy was seducing Adam and Eve to worship of self, not Satan. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you, what do you, you, have you thought you won't sure you, right. He says, you will be like God. He doesn't say I'm like God worship me instead. Right. And that was what was his, according to Ezekiel, you know, it, it will talk about in 28, he, he noticed his own beauty, self-consciousness and became proud. So right. he's like, I know how this thing, I don't, I'm not going to get them to do Satan worship. I'm, yeah. I'll get them to the glorious thing. God's made them the image of God. I'll get them independent. So. That, that's what really what you're setting people free from is from self addiction. Yes. Right. Um, you, so you, the, the you, antidote is Jesus. Yeah. Get him addicted to Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Get him into the, his presence. Um, yep. so you, you said you mentioned you would just flip over a page. Yeah. Can, what, what does some of that stuff say? I don't think you really, yeah. Yeah. Can I read it? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, um, and, and, uh, like I'll, I'll just, put myself in there because I I've done this, you know, with myself. Uh, and where are you at? Um, Ephesians chapter one, uh, starting at verse three. Uh, and so I'll just, I'll just tell you what exactly what I would model for someone else. So I would read it, you know, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed Nasser in Christ mm. with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose Nasser in him, before the foundation of the world, that Nasser should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined Nasser for adoption to himself as a son through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed Nasser in the beloved. Mm. In him, Nasser has redemption through his blood, the forgiveness for his trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon Nasser in all wisdom and insight, making known to Nasser the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. That's good. Excellent. That's pretty yeah. powerful pretty stuff. Powerful yeah. Stuff. Good and, job, And you Paul. do that in, in your, yeah, it's like God inspired it. <laughs> but, you know, seriously, like you, you, you give that to, to a brother or sister and say, you know, you, read that like that. Believe it. Meditate on it. It's powerful. You know, uh, there, there's a reason why Paul says in, in Romans, do not, he says this as a command to us from the Lord, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, of your mind. We, God wants to renew our mind. We can't, we can't really do it on our own. That's part of the point of what we're talking about here. But at the same time, we can resist what he wants to do in renewing our thinking, how we think about ourselves, how we think about him and how we think about one another in this planet. 
Um, but we've got to let go of our human efforting. We've got to, which is what the, the pattern of this world is all about from the mm-hmm. very get from the garden. Mm-hmm. It's the pattern has been, you can do this. You can take this step of action. You can seize for yourself knowledge. You can seize for yourself power, authority, whatever. And it's all a lie. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got to let go. Right. And surrender and submit to him and allow him to work in you and change the way you think about all of these things. And I think that's really good. You quoted Romans 12 to be transformed yeah. and renewing your mind that there's a, there's um, um, fruit transformation thinking there's mm-hmm. root transformation. Just want to make that point. Yes. I want to think different at the fruit about money, sex. So I want my thinking to be different about that, but that's not the first place I need change. Right. I got to think at the root issue, right. source issue. I need a transformation of thinking of where my freedom comes from, right? Where my success in fruitful, yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. And, and then, my roots in the soil and yeah. the right soil and drinking from the, the fresh living water right. or the, the bitter salt water of this world. So he's talking to Jews here and saying, you guys have been rooted for centuries in the law mm-hmm. and the demand put on you. Have you seen how that's come out? Right. You know, and so at that point was very bad. Yes. So I want to revolutionize, tell you, I've come with grace to do the demand that you could not do, but you've got to shift your thinking. Yes. That's what repentance means to change your mind. Yes. And so we need to continue to walk out that repentance. I believe now yes, I agree. as a side note, and we talked about this just quickly as, and before we leave us some encouragements on this, right. th- there is a phrase used where Paul says he's a bond servant, a bond mm. slave. It's used yeah. pro- appropriately. What's the difference between the bad slavery we're talking about and that slavery that Paul says it's good. Right. So I can tell you what he's not talking about. He's not talking about your typical Roman style, um, you know, birth to grave slavery, working in, in the salt mines, right. um, being beaten, you know, if he, he didn't produce enough, all of that. Um, or what, what we see in Egypt with the Israelites there under Pharaoh. That's the not, not the kind of slave um, or bond servant that Paul is, is calling himself right. in relationship to the Lord Jesus. Um, but what we, we see in, in scriptures um, in the Torah that there was a system in place for people uh, who were in, in debt and, and needed to pay off that debt. And so they were going to work it off for the person they were in debt to. And it was, so it was a form of slavery. Um, but at the end, and it was for a, a specific period of time, it wasn't you know, until death. And, but when that period of time was over and it was, it's really interesting that, that this is there in, in, in the teachings that you could choose, this is really hard for Westerners to drive mind why anybody would right. choose this, right. but you could choose to say, you know what I can, I'm now free. I have the choice that I can go back to my old life that conceivably is what got me into debt in the first place and, and working for this guy. Or I could say, you know what, this guy that I have been working for, um, you know, officially, you know, as a, as a, as a bond servant, this is, this has been the best years of my life. This guy's been the best master of my life. He's taken care of me. He's been like a father to me. Mm. He's given me so many things and, and I don't want to leave his house. I want to continue now, not out of obligation and out of debt. Mm-hmm. My debt's cleared. And this is an important distinction. Yes. Right. My debt is cleared. Yes. And now I choose out of a response for how this man has, has, has loved me to spend the rest of my life serving him. Mm-hmm. in his house because they have benefited so greatly Excellent. from it. That's yeah. what Jesus and, did with Paul. And, Paul that's, did with Jesus. and that's how, what I think Paul is saying about yes. his relationship to the Lord Jesus yes. as an apostle. 
excellent yeah. distinction because yeah. that's different it's than great. slavery. I'm for the rest of my life owned and under mm-hmm. oppression. I never pay a debt off. Yes. To I'm free and I choose to serve. Right. So we've had I've had people argue back. You know, wait a minute, Paul. Slavery. There's a, and I'm like, yes, good. So let's distinguish between. But there is a funky slavery that is to be nothing to do. Mm-hmm. That is typified by Egypt. That is typified right. by that. Yeah. Right. And so praise the Lord, He's freeing us of that. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. We work not out of obligation or debt. We work out of love. Yes. It's a response of love to love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've spent the past couple of weeks at our disciple community Sunday mornings, just really hammering down on intimacy with the father and freedom and grace and all these things. And, and there was a little part of my flesh that was saying, you're beating a dead horse. And I said, no, there's a freedom That's to right. be had That's right. that the Lord desires for his people. And Amen. we're going to continue to preach it and speak it and live, live in it, meditate, sing, proclaim. Yeah. So that we enter into that freedom. Because it's enter, contended against enter into in a that massive rest. way. Yeah, that's yeah. really good, brother. Yeah. So as we share some encouragements, I, I was going to share about just my personal experience. The Lord's Prayer, which you started with, Jason, was so good, um, has been so fundamental to me. Mm-hmm. And I prayed it thousands of times over and over and over and applied it in different ways. And I just am struck by the most anointed prayer and teacher ever when asked how to do this, said that. So, but the, he, the again, the headwaters, I use that word again, of, of the prayer is our father. Right. And I get to that section. I don't, I can't get to hallowed be thy name, any of it by an arrested work of the spirit mm-hmm. until I pray about and process. Am I in, help me mature in sonship, break all slavish ways off me. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. that you meant and covenant I'm in Christ unveil. I'll spend a chunk of time just on our father. Cause I want to be able to say it with boldness, clarity, you know, and confidence, because that, that statement is a, you're my daddy, and what's yours is mine, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to pray. Yeah. I want, Jesus, I want you praying from that position, right. not begging, because be- slaves beg in prayer. Mm. They plead and beg in hope. Sons mm-hmm. proclaim and declare. Actually, the language is really strong in that prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done is really a declarative command. Come, kingdom of God. Right. Be done, will of God. Yeah. Yes. Sons talk like that. Yeah. Slaves are. May your oh. name be made holy throughout right. the earth. Yeah, yeah. It's like almost commanding it, prophesying it, mm-hmm. pulling yeah. it out Agreement. of the Agreement. Yeah. Submission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I felt the Lord like you have no permission to pray this glorious prayer except from the position of sonship of sonship. Yeah. So I'd have to get myself there. And so I, I encourage that prayer and more, I encourage that way of thinking mm-hmm. because I think when we practice slavish prayer, we're just, we're practicing it. We're going to get good at it, you know? Right. And you got to get a different place coming into his presence. Boldly Hebrews 10, boldly come before the throne of slaves. Don't boldly come. They come in cowering mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, I've right. done something wrong. And I'm remembering the 15 right. things my ma- I didn't do for master. And I didn't work right. Sons are like, yeah, you know what? I'm still growing up, <laughs> but daddy loves me. He runs at me when I get dirty prodigal story. Right. It's such a radical story of that. It's what beautiful. does he do with dirty sons that decide to come home? He right. runs at them, yes. brings them, ropes, ropes them and throws parties. It's beautiful. Not affirming you lost half my inheritance, but no. the, the slavish older brother, he's in slavery right? while he's in the house. Yes. I don't know what, it was all yours. It was like, it was new information to him. What? Why don't you throw a party? You know what I mean? Sl- slavery can be on somebody in the house and sonship comes to the one 
who's broken. Anyway, so I just, the father's heart to do that and to know that's my papa. That's my mm-hmm. papa. He's not just okay with my sin. It took the blood of his son. We're not doing that. Right. But we're also doing, man, he conquered my sin. Mm-hmm. He looks at me and loves me. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm a son who sometimes struggles with sin. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's primarily how I think yeah. about Yeah. Yeah. So I would think to end, would you, would you just pray yeah. now that... Yeah. Um, mm. you, you do a lot of great modeling mm. of what to do practically. So yeah. would you do that for us yes, as we close love to. and for them, those who, those are listening yeah, those are, yeah, as well. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, father, Abba, father, I, th- my father who art in heaven, my father who is not centered in this earth, who's in the heavenly realms, gloriously above all things, Yahweh, so high above all things, but I who was brought, was so far away, have been brought near in your son. I thank you, Father, for who you are, who I am, who you are and who I am in your son now. The ultimate son, Jesus, as you love your son, Jesus, so you love me, I am in him. And I thank you for the blood that is washed totally clean, totally righteous. I praise you, my father in heaven for, for all that you've done in me and through me and what you're developing me break off of me condemnation. I have a stain of shame still. I can feel at times and the enemy tempts me, the accuser of the brother, but I thank you that I'm free by the blood of the lamb. And I just pray in Jesus name, you would free me from all slavish ways, expose blind spots to me. And I just now enter into requesting and petitioning, not away from you begging, but with you uh, proclaiming. Thank you that your name will be hallowed in the earth. Your kingdom is coming. Your will is being done, that your provision is there for me in Christ and even my practical daily bread because you will not fail taking care of your son. Thank you that I can forgive even as I've been forgiven. I'm not just forgiven. I release your mercy in the earth and thank you for your divine protection, that you're not leading me in temptation, that you're always making a way out when I'm attacked that way and you are delivering me from the evil one. Father, it's yours is the kingdom yours is the power and the glory forever and ever and i pray through the listening of this this encounter that this would affect those that listen you would increase and stir up even now in their inner man right now enter in their inner man that that realization of the spirit of sonship you did not give us a spirit of slavery or fear but of power love and self-control and i'm just asking for all that listen to this would experience it mature in it and move forward in it in Jesus' precious name.